0: Welcome back to Sound Bites. <laughs> Sorry, I had to check myself then. You're listening to TRN1. Um, I don't know why. I just keep thinking that this show is called something else. Um, but uh, we are talking work hours. Work and
1: hours. and the history of work. Yeah. And the history of work. I mean, really, uh, for, for so long, our work was quite linked to our survival. Uh, most of us worked, you know, hundreds of years ago, thousands of years ago, and actually... Even at the very dawn of civilization in agricultural pursuits. So, and the only reason why we could have mass populations was because we had mass agriculture, which was the ability to feed all those people. But well, we soon will run out of that food to feed everyone, potentially.
0: Um, we could, <laughs> and and then it's going to be the Hunger Games. Well, I hope so. When, really? Yeah. R- really? Bring on the purge and bring on the Hunger Games. I so want them. <laughs> You're like how, what? How long do
1: you reckon you're going to be able to? Uh, oh, I'm not going to survive. <laughs> so, all right, <laughs> all right. <laughs> okay.
0: No, but the weak will die. The strong, the strong will live. I know. Until they kill each other. <laughs> until they kill each other. Well, you only and then do it until nobody dies. No, no, you only do it until the mass population equals out to enough food. So it's kind of like a season. <laughs> You pick the the country that has the most people, so that would most probably be China, and you say,
1: go for it, Hungry well, Actually You'll probably find that it's the third world countries that would last the long world, longest because they already are so connected to agriculture mm. and uh, that sort of living off the land already. They, they already are unreliant upon so many things that we in well, developed know. nations, I certainly <laughs> wouldn't have that uh, animal husbandry skills required... To raise, slaughter and butcher. Well, No, I don't think I could kill a pig. I can't even catch fish. I suppose I would keep chickens for their eggs. (laughs) Oh, totally, chicken. That's fairly easy. And I could grow things. I do know how to grow things. But you'd have to hope that you get your harvest in before you starve to death. Um, totally and you'd have to make sure you grow and breed things properly and in the right seasons yeah yeah but but then the, uh, well, well you are completely off topic because really you, with climate change we're going to have a lot of trouble growing things because oh, you um, could just breed like rabbits and that that, that 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 you got rabbit soup rabbit
0: stew rabbit rabbit rabbit, rabbit live off rabbit I know it's disgusting. You shouldn't be killing an animal, but why not live off rabbits shoes?
1: <laughs> but before before we get to that point where
0: we're hunting <laughs> but, and gathering our own but species, how have we work those hours? <laughs> let's, right. Because let's face it, you'd have to schedule those hours that you're going to do that too. Yeah.
1: Um, so how? Uh, well, okay,
0: so let's we, get back to the
1: task. days when we were so reliant on agriculture. So this is before the Industrial Revolution. Wow, we basically we we farmed the land that we were on. And whether Mm. that was our farm or we were farming tracts of land for uh, a landowner, we basically just worked the land. And and, and actually that did change civilization quite a lot because it meant that we were limited in our ability to be mobile. But then when the Industrial Revolution came, we were able to start um, migrating to factories and we were starting to mass produce things. And things became more affordable. So it was easier for people to then... Move into um, bigger cities and be less reliant on the land and more reliant on uh, consumerism.
0: Part of that has then just damaged the land even more because what we're doing is we're over utilizing what is a limited resource, and once it's gone, it's gone. You
1: just have to look at mining. But that's what a revolution is um, with regards to all these things. So what you know, uh, and, and we're, we're sort of condensing everything, so we're not yeah. really talking about the slow evolutionary process of it all. But people actually, even when we had the industrial revolution, we, we didn't have the, the working conditions that we have now. In fact, there were high incidents of workplace deaths because obviously the health and safety didn't exist. People were working with machinery and often um, very unfamiliar equipment. And they were working very long hours. They were working tired. We had children working. There were, you know, there were... Slave labour. There was, yeah, well, there was no real labour laws. Yep. So it was only around the 1900s that uh, we started to see well, more hen- the increase in rise of labour unions. Put Henry for- Ford, um, Ford
0: Motor Company, for people who don't know Henry Ford, he was a a person who revolutionised the world with the way that he was able to build a car manufacturing company that manufactured a car
1: in such a way that... It- well, he actually did see the concept of a assembly line mm-hmm. in other industries, but he was the one who brought it to the automotive industry. And But he was also quite a radical for many things. He actually believed that if you paid your workers well then they would be able to afford the products that you were producing. Therefore, your need to sell more of that product would increase. So, he actually went absolutely. against a lot of the industrialists at the time who sort of were not really interested in paying people any more than they absolutely had to mm. and therefore enforcing a certain poverty and therefore making people work really long hours. Yep. So And and we did used to get paid more on productivity rather than paid on time, as in for work hours that was was done. But then, as I said, as the labor unions were coming to the fore, what was happening is is that they were negotiating, you know, more for a work life balance, and it and it's taken us a long time to get the things that most people enjoy today, who are in full time work, uh, eight hours work, eight hours recreation, eight hours sleep. It was that eight eight and eight concept. Yeah, but
0: the problem, like look, we we we've we've seen people um. Schools. I think in New South Wales or Victoria, don't quote me on which state it is, but there is a state in Australia that has basically, I think in 2019, they shifted the way kids could come to school. So if you wanted to start at 8 o'clock in the morning, you could start at 8 o'clock in the morning. But if you want to start at 12 o'clock in the afternoon, you could start at 12 o'clock in the afternoon. Basically allowing the children to choose whether they're a morning person or an afternoon person. That's the way of the future, I think. By giving education or work on the schedule of
1: the person, the individual person, does that increase? Well, there's no reason why we couldn't do those sorts of things. Stock markets. Well, not necessarily, because now you know stock markets aren't the daylight time systems anymore. But they they're, are twenty
0: four hour systems. Well, okay, so the ASX—that's the one that I
1: use. That's still very. Nine to five Eastern Standard Times, but that—that's when it's open. But that doesn't mean that it's not buoyed or fluctuated with changes overseas when we're asleep yeah. and they're awake. So, and and since most of those functions now automated through what the topic we were, last week we talked mm. about, which is AI, then there's no reason why things such as schools work that sort of thing can can't be done on demand. Very much like we do with everything else in our lives. We watch our TV shows now on demand and we listen to our radio programs on demand. And then that's, that's the thing. You look at um, cryptocurrency, which is a it has exchanges
0: and it's open 24-7. You can come sell your goods or buy your goods whenever you want and it's, in, it's up to you. Do you think that the stock market will go like that? Because realistically, I think they kind of have to. Like people are going to be wanting to buy and sell on their terms. not Like, yeah, I can buy after 5 p.m., but it doesn't clear until it doesn't get listed or sold on, on the
1: system until 9 o'clock the next morning. I think that the stock markets, and I'm not an expert in stock markets, I'll be very honest with you. Don't you have a portfolio? No. Interesting. Not beyond, not beyond superannuation. And and that's a topic for another, is topic. Uh, another show, uh, and I'll go into that later. But, I mean, there are still events that happen that will affect the stock market. Yep. Yeah, um, and we've seen recently, of, you know, the big one, which is uh, the pandemic, changes of um, presidents, all those sorts of things. And you've even seen the ASX shut down
0: for a day because That's of right. a bug in their system, which so, was quite interesting.
1: Yeah, so, so you know, it, it will be affected by those things and, and those are in real time. And then there are other things that happen any time of the of the week so so i think that that is part of where we're heading but getting back to the little history lesson so there was a time and it was just after the second world war where a a family could subsist on a single income so from one of the income earners which at the time usually was the father and 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 they didn't actually need to have you know, um, university qualifications. In fact, even with just a, a high school education, they could earn enough to support a family mm. on on what would be considered back then a middle class wage. Yeah, middle class wage and middle class level of living, and and that was okay. You know, uh, obviously there were some drawbacks to that, but the, you know the, that system was was fine. But then in the seventies, we started seeing that changing. And households had to start relying more on a double income so the non-working person in the family go to work and so yeah. all of a sudden there was a second income coming in. It um, is it is quite interesting to
0: talk about that because when did we not pay our people correctly? And I, I mean that from the point of view as like, I get it, you pay someone $18 an hour because it's a fish and chip shop or something. But when you have a family or when you have a kid or something, you should be paying your staff to make sure that they can live. Like it shouldn't be just pay them the bare minimum and make them work eight hours and no promotion hopes, no full-time hopes, no part-time hopes, whatever. Um, and it, there does seem to be a problem in our uh, working ecosystem. And that is, well, my personal story is I went for a job at a, a telecommunication company, won't say which one. They said, oh yeah, six months, you're going to get be full-time. Six months came and gone. It wasn't full time. I was the person who coded their system. Mm. I was the key person to that system. Without me, they had no system, but wasn't bon no bonuses no 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 nothing mm. and It's like I work eight hours a day, sometimes even later didn't get paid over time for many of the of the years I worked there and then towards the end, it all fell apart for them
1: yeah, it. yeah. and 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 that's what you know. Fast forward to, you know, and I, I think that was about 10 years ago, if yeah, I recall that, correctly. Yeah, that was
0: when I was in Melbourne.
1: Yeah, so that was about 10 years ago. So this, this is where, again, you know, that nature of work, one of the things that we've, we've certainly seen over the last 10 years is that wage growth has been stagnant. But on top of that, our CPI, which is a indicator of inflation of basic household goods, that has been declining slightly from 10 years ago to now. Or 2019 levels, because I won't include 2020 because that's a bit of a grey, well, well, grey year. It's, it's actually interesting you say it, you
0: won't include 2020 because I think we have to because, well, yes, a lot of businesses went under and, yes, a lot of jobs got, got shut down because of the pandemic. I don't think wages went down at all. Wages stayed where they were if you had the job. But yeah, if you so, didn't have the job or if your job needed JobKeeper, then some people benefited from JobKeeper. Some people didn't benefit from JobKeeper. And look, we're lucky enough to live in Australia where we had a government who could say, look, we're going to do
1: this. But... So yeah, so with with wage growth, so about 10 years ago, we're looking at about a wage growth of about 4.9% per annum. And we had an inflation of about 3.4%. So it meant that we were, whilst inflation was about a percent and a half less than wage growth, we were still... in. Every year we were slightly better yep. off, whereas at the end of 2019, wage growth had declined to 1.9%. And the reason why I'm not including 2020 is because I don't want to skewer the results of the, the direction in which uh, wage growth has been going, which has been a downward trajectory. Yeah. So, and, and I take your point that this year, people who have maintained work haven't lost... Well, they're not being paid less, but that's not... What we're so, seeing uh, in a lot of small businesses, though. And-
0: some some retailers, like I, I spoke with someone who, uh, I won't say the shop, but they worked at a foot apparel shop, um, and they were getting JobKeeper when they the shops reopened, or, and while they were closed as well, to keep them on the books, and they were getting less than what they would normally get. Um, but at the same time, they weren't working. So they were getting money from the government for not to work. Uh, yes, I understand why, because of the COVID, then they went back to work. These big chains, because it was a big chain, decided, "Oh, we'll just keep job keeper going until we have to let it go." And that way, they could keep the profits and pay their staff less.
1: Yeah. So, and, and this is, but this is where we're getting to now, where with the current situation with work. What we've also been seeing is we've been seeing a decline in participation rates into the workforce. Mm-hmm. So, and that's a, a measure of people employed as opposed. to were not employed but are capable of work. Yeah, um, but
0: uh, an argument then would be made that self-employment has gone up because of YouTube channels and and Instagram influencers. And I know they're not technically well. I'm going to get it shot here by people on, who who do this for a living, but they're not technically jobs at the start. You're a hobby. You're mm. you're doing it for the passion, the love, and if you can get the hundreds of thousands of subscribers on your channel. Or what followers on your
1: Instagram, then you have a possibility of turning into a career. But a lot of those people aren't actually turning that into a career. So, of of the people who are doing YouTube channels and being Insta famous, if you want to refer to it like that, yeah, there for for every one person who is, there's thousands who aren't. And even just in Australia, we have a underemployment figure at the moment of eight point three percent. So that's 8.3%. people who. So that's Still. people who are not employed the level that they would like to be and a lot of people who do operate in the gig economy whether that's through youtube channels or Mm. uber or ola or they do actually need additional employment so and and therefore the nature of their work is Mm. not as structured so you you could argue that they're not actually in a position where they are capable of long-term planning it's more you know one week they do well the Airbnb gets rented out, or the, you know, and then the next week it doesn't, so it's a very uh, unstable um,
0: yeah, I income. Yeah, think, I think you're right from the point of view, as it might be an unstable ecosystem, but that's an e eco- and call me the I'm gonna play devil's advocate here because I used to be an Uber driver. It was my choice to be an Uber driver. I could have went and got a normal job, but I didn't like to go and get a normal job. I wanted flexibility of my work hours. However, saying about the flexibility of work hours, Uber brought in the 15-hour work limit, meaning you could only drive for for uh, 15 hours. Then they cut that back to eight hours. And that really played a big part on people moving to DD and Ola because those two companies didn't have that. Now, I'm no longer driving, so I can't say whether they do or do not have a limit on how long you can drive for um, now. But if I was a competition competing against Uber... And drivers didn't like being told how long they could work for. <laughs> I wouldn't integrate it. I'd say, yeah, screw ya.
1: Yeah. And you know, but see this is the thing, that what we're now seeing is that we're in that moment of transition of the way that profitability of companies as a functional ratio of employees is also changing. So, for example, back in um, the late 70s, early 80s, some of the biggest companies in the world, such as General Motors, yep. they used to employ over 800,000 employees and, and they had a, a, a revenue of, it was about $11 billion. Whereas back in 2012, so this is, these stats are quite old. A little bit old, not too old. Yeah, but Google, who uh, at the time made $14 billion in revenue, they only employed fifty-eight thousand people. So, yeah. so companies are becoming far more profitable due to automation and employing a lot less people. And we're seeing that now happen in a lot of other areas as well. So, we we, we need to start thinking about what's going to happen to people with regards to how will they earn an income if uh, the creation of jobs. So, so what we're seeing with the like the industrial revolution, we saw people move mm. away from agriculture into manufacturing um, and consumerism and uh, that capitalist model, now we're seeing with the digital age and the Internet of Things and automation and now the emergence of AI, we're seeing that companies are creating enormous profits but employing very, very few people in doing so. Mm. So in the past when we used to introduce new, new technologies and stuff, employment was created, whereas this is the first time where new technologies is actually not creating new employment. So people are, at the moment, very savvy at finding work and doing the gig economy stuff and all the disruptive technologies Mm. and all that sort of thing. But that's only going to be up until so long, until those jobs are then, for example, when we get our driverless cars that we talked about last week. Oh, they are so coming. Um,
0: (laughs) Anyway, so we're going to take a little break because that's a 20-minute segment there. Wow. Um, So when we come back, we might just uh, talk about... More work stuff. So um, I am I am interested to to hear your take on on the downward spiral of Holden and Ford in Australia because they just disappeared. Like, okay, you can still buy a Ford car, you still got Ford, but Holden as a brand has gone and completely, completely and utterly. So I'd be interested to see what you think about all those jobs disappearing and and how uh, people have to be retrained and all that kind of stuff. And so when we come back, we're going to talk a little bit about. Um, more work stuff, and and we'll have some fun. Okay, stick around, stay tuned. <laughs> You're listening to Soundbites.
1: DRN1 United, Perth-dedicated LGBTIQA plus station.
0: And you're back on Soundbites here on DR one United. And if you're, ch- if, you're, if you're chatting in the podcast, no, if you're catching <laughs> the podcast, it's on your Spotify playlist uh, or wherever you get your good Spotify. Wherever you get your good Spotify. Jesus, I did not go to school, did I? You need to go uh, and get I need a coffee. To, I, need, I need sleep. That's what I need. Um, I've had too many coffees today. <laughs> but, but that, okay, let's, uh, but we did say we we're going to talk about Holden's downfall. But that's the thing. Self-employment as well is skyrocketing at the moment. There's so many people on Facebook going, "Oh, let me coach you. Let me do this for you. Let me like I'm I'm a NLP person. I'm whatever. Yeah, I make candles." Yeah. Um COVID has made people really think about what, doing their own job and working their own hours and and doing the things that they wouldn't normally do. Like normally people are very A to B. You either go to work or you don't go to work. COVID made it possible that people
1: who had full-time jobs could work from home and have a side gig economy. And, and that's, <clears throat> that's something that even last week we, we touched on was mm. that the, just, just the process of going to work is more of an investment of your time and then the eight hours that you spend in an office, say. For example, myself, I drive to work and drive home. So there's a, I lose about an hour and a half to two hours a day in that transit, but because of when you work in an office, you know you've got to have your office attire. So I lose part of my weekend laundering, ironing, doing all those sorts of things. So I lose a few hours there, and then because my office, my work is very much sitting down. I'd like to go to the gym after work, so mm. you know, so so there's additional time there. So the time I could have used to go to the gym, say for example, I have to spend that in the car just going to and from work. And when I look at public transport options, it, there's not actually a major time saving at all. God, no. There used to be. Back when the Mandra line first opened,
0: you're wanting to travel from Mandra to Perth because it didn't have all those other stations that now it has. Yeah. You could get to work quicker. Yeah. But I'll give you a trick. In, in I was travelling peak hour time. So this was when the new freeway, smart freeway came on board. There was a train that left Coburn. The next station, I'm not quite sure what it's called, but it's um, near the Fiona Stanley Hospital. Me and the train got to the same station at the same time as each other. Yeah, The train is no faster than the car, as long as
1: there's not many cars in front of you. Yeah, and, and see, for me, I actually am lucky my employer allows me to start work really early, which suits my God. bizarre sleeping pattern. No thanks, you can have that sleeping pattern. Yeah, look, I, I never thought I was going to be an early riser, but I am. So, uh, so I am? So, button three a.m. I actually get up about four thirty every day. That's close enough, eh? Yeah, close. So if I am lucky, I'll sleep into five, uh, and then I am up and about. So,
0: it's really interesting you say that because, like, look, as a business owner, I work late and I wake up early. And when you have, um, so my sleeping habit is, I get home about midnight. I go to sleep. I wake up at six a.m. Yeah, so. and and it's just like I am not getting enough sleep. No. Then you fall when you then you fall ill. And you end up sleeping the whole week, yeah. just your body just like yeah, you're just gonna yeah. get conked out, yeah. and then you like just it's crazy. You have to get back in that sleeping habit of got to go to bed at this time, get up at this time. Your phone does not help because you get notifications from people, you get alerts from servers that crash
1: every now and again. Well, and and see, this is part of the the problem that I think we're we're trying to we're trying to do all the right things. So, you know, you, you work your eight hours but, and then they say you have to do an hour of exercise and then you've got to do eight <laughs> hours of sleep and you've got to do all this other stuff. Eight hours, um, oh, sorry, an hour of exercise ain't going to happen. But this is, you know, this is part of the problem. So people, then they tell you, you've got to spend time with your family, then you've got to have your own time and you go, well, I'm now running out of hours. In yeah, fact, okay. I have run out of hours. I only get 24 a day and now I'm up to about 30. So yesterday was one of my worst working days ever
0: because I did not sleep the night before, because apparently I have rhinovirus, which apparently is one of the most common flu, colds, things that you can have. First week, you're meant to stay away from people. The second and third week, you can go back to work, because all you have is cough. Mm. But that cough at nighttime, during daytime, you're fine. Mm. I don't know what it is at nighttime, but that nighttime air just gets you, and you are coughing your lungs out. And I'm I'm like, I I said to my mom this morning, I was like, you know something? Maybe I should switch my workouts. Just, <laughs> just, just, just work at night time and sleep during the daytime because at least I'm not coughing as much. Um, she yes, laughed. Um, but that's the thing. Like we don't take for what well, we take for granted our health for starters. Then we take for granted our sleep pattern because we just go, "Oh yeah, four hours sleep here, two hours sleep there.
1: It's no biggie. I can catch up later." I don't even think we we think we can catch up because you can't catch up on sleep. Well, and that's and that's the problem because there are so many things in our lives that are non-negotiable. So if you are locked into 8 hours a day work and then having to go there and then come home and all that sort of other stuff that is associated with it, then the only things you've got left to negotiate are the things that you would normally do for yourself. So whether that's yep. family time, whether that's you know having taking a walk down the beach or yep. you know recreating in some other manner, then uh, all of that is the first thing that gets um, negotiated away. Especially, you know, in times like now, we've got Christmas coming up, or the social functions that are occurring. So people are, you know, having to fit all that in around. Yeah. So it's not unusual that um, I think people eager uh, for alternatives to the work week. And I was actually uh, thinking about it the other day, and you know, an employer who has their employees turn up into an office every day. They could actually, if they let them work from home two days a week, that effectively is almost like a... If they have to pay for parking and and transport or public transport, um, that's like giving them a $2,000 a year pay increase. Yeah, but the problem is they still want a pay rise. Even if they're working from home, they still want a pay rise. Well, effectively, you could possibly give them a pay rise because what happens is is that the, your environmental costs of keeping an office and air conditioning it and all that sort of stuff Sinks can can be reduced. So really what you're doing, if you want to talk in pure accounting terms, and I'm not an accountant, uh, and if we do have someone who is an accountant listening, they can join in. Give us a call, 1-800-RADIO-MEDIA. Um, what is happening is is that you're just transferring the cost from the office to the individual. So someone yes. at home will be paying for the electricity, for the lighting, the air conditioning or the heating and... And We run into a problem there, though. Um, but that, but there, there are tax advantages as well for an individual who's operating a home office, and there's also the benefit of two days a week not having to drive into work and back. Totally. Um, and if you have a kid, it
0: most probably works brilliant for you. But if you have a baby, no way would I want to say. Well, Sam,
1: this is where you have to be a bit careful because if you're saying that you're going to be working from home, then the concept is is that you are working, working. from home, not. I'm going to be monitoring my email while I look after my child under the guise of working from home. So you you do have to do the right thing by the employer as well. So when we come back, we're going to talk about the ideal work
0: hours, meaning which hours would we like to work? What days would we like to work? How long would we like to work? and. Feel free to give us a a comment on our Facebook page at DRN1United. We'll put a post up there saying, uh, tell us your ideal working hours and tell us what your dream job is as well. Uh, We'll be back on the other side of this.
1: DRN1United, Perth-dedicated LGBTIQA plus station.
0: And we're back. Did you want a water? You can have a water. That's fine. Just drink, drink your water. Go on, drink, drink, drink. Skull, 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 go, go, Welcome back to uh, Soundbites. <laughs> I'm leaving that in. <laughs> yeah. So, just uh, before the, the break, we said we would talk about the ideal work hours. Now, I know what my ideal work hours would be, but Peter, what's yours?
1: I, w- I want to retire. You want to retire? I want to retire. Se- several years ago, I was fortunate enough to take a year off work. Self-funded, I didn't burden the taxpayer with it. I, oh, come I had on, you deserve money. it. No, I had the money in the bank, so I thought I'm just going to take a year off. Biggest mistake of my life, because I loved it. Of I, course you did. I, it Where'd was you go? Just, I didn't go anywhere. You I, didn't go anywhere? I, you, know, you would be shocked how busy you are when you don't have to go to work. Like My days would fly by, and I wasn't waking up at say 10am and just watching TV till the sun went down. I used to get up roughly the same time. I used to get up at six o'clock. I'd go to the gym. I'd be home, showered, breakfast done by 7.30, 8 o'clock. And, you know, then I'd be catching up with friends. I'd go and visit people. You know, I would volunteer. So you were working. You were volunteering. Well, yes. uh, Yeah, I do consider volunteering work, but it was not to the level of, uh, say, for example, a full-time job. Yeah. And it was very much on my terms. So I would let them know which weeks I had more time to provide the volunteers, the organisation or not. And there would be times when I just didn't want to do it. So it was a very different thing. So for me, I actually really don't want to work. Um, sadly, <laughs> Who does? Sadly, I was uh, not born rich, so I will work. And I'm, I'm good at my job. I like to think I'm good at my job. They don't they don't lock the doors the minute I leave. Well, so. since, since I've known you, and I've known you for a long time, you've had many jobs. Like you've, yeah, you've, actually, moved, you've moved around quite a lot. And actually, for the majority of my working life, I've had two jobs, and at times three jobs. Um, <sighs> So I, I do have a very, yeah, at once, I do have a very strong work ethic. And yeah. when I do work, I, you know, I'd like to do a good job of everything that I do. So don't get me wrong. I like working, but
0: one job, well, actually, have I had two jobs at once? Yes, I have. I was working as a, in a call centre and I was working at a bar. So yes, technically I've had two yeah, jobs at once. Job at once. However, I will say it was the worst idea ever. While money was good, just my sleep was
1: not good. Yeah. Like it, it ruins me. Really takes a hammering. Mind you, I, I think owning your own business takes a hammering of you too. <laughs> I have to say, I will. I look. I, I commend you. Uh, I salute you. I would never get into business. Really? Yeah, I love uh, it. No, because because the
0: thing is, well, and this is uh, anyone who thinks that running a business means that you're the boss. No. Your yeah. staff are. Yeah. yeah. Your st- <laughs> That's the truth. Your staff are the boss of you. Yeah. Because if you don't pull your weight, they'll call you out on it. Yeah. And and the thing is, like, don't get me wrong. Like, I, I do a lot of things here. Um, editing, producing, mixing, IT, web design, app design, app development, social media. Like the list goes on. Like yeah. I, I I swear I'm, I wear ten hats. And if I went to Fair Work and said like right, these are all the jobs I have. God, I'll be a millionaire by now. (laughs) Um, But uh, my ideal work hours, I'll tell you this, that I would like Monday to work, Tuesday to work, Wednesday to have off, Thursday to work, Friday to work, and Saturday and Sunday off.
1: Yeah, I, I think it's. I'm, I'm going to start migrating towards part-time work. I, I, oh, I just, I just think maybe in the next four or five years.
0: By the middle of the week, I don't want to work. Like today's today, while we're recording, is Wednesday. For the people who are listening on the podcast, um, the show does air on on Friday, and normally we're live. But Wednesday, I'm tired. I want. Yeah. A, I just want. A, I want a day a day in bed. Yeah. Like, give me my dogs and cats, and then let me go to sleep all day. That's yeah. all I want. Yeah. Or give me a hunky man as well. Uh, <laughs> that that that's that actually funny enough. That's like option number six. Yeah. Um, but can you see how like, that was our first. point
1: before? That it's it's the things that we do for recreation that is always the first thing that is negotiated away.
0: Yeah, I'd, I'd rather spend more time with my fur babies than be at work. Yeah, absolutely. And, and the thing is, like, unlike humans, dogs and cats have a shorter lifespan. But yeah. much as they say, dogs are very old. Um, but we don't realise that
1: half of their lifetime, or maybe even more, is spent with us not being with them. Well, and that's, I mean, you would have known that I used to have two dogs. I and, do know, know. And I absolutely loved my fur babies, you know. And I actually don't have any pets now for the very <gasps> fact that <sighs> I'm I not at home you. enough. I can't believe you don't have
0: any fur babies. I don't matter. have anything.
1: You know, so I reckon it, when you retire you will. Well, absolutely. When I retire, I'm going to be, you know, I'm going to be that crazy Cocker man Spaniel? who has about a hundred dogs and, you know, yeah, and rescuing every animal I come across. I think the council going to hate you. Well, no, that's why I'll probably go and live as a hermit on a big farm somewhere. So they've all, well, they've got lots of room to run around and... And snakes, and, and, and you lose a few oh, every year. Oh, Rusty, you're ruining
0: my dreams.
1: You're ruining my, my crazy old man fantasies.
0: I'm sorry. There's You've got more dangers in the bush than you do in the city, um, such as bushfires. Yeah, yeah. Unless you're in the desert, then you've got desert, desert storms. <laughs> I don't know. Mad Max, Thunder Road. Oh, um, I think I'll be long gone by that time, so. I, I I hope not. I hope you <laughs> hope you're around. I hope you're around to
1: see the doomsday preppers. Um, oh gosh, I can you imagine? Oh no. <laughs> uh, well, uh, I, toilet but, paper shortage. But you know that's one of the things that, uh, as I said, as as someone who loves having animals, I don't actually have them purely because I'm not home enough to give them the attention that they need, and it's actually one of the things that you know i used to find really quite relaxing and enjoyable yeah. was having my dogs
0: so that's the that's the other thing that I, I like i have no issue with people bringing dogs into the office as a business owner i love dogs i think that if you if it helps you work productive because yes a companion and your companion animals are basically a mental health I animal. agree, absolutely. And, look, if I could have my two dogs here every single day, I absolutely would. I'm the business owner. I should be allowed to. Yeah. But I have to take into consideration people might be allowed to turn animals. Um, I don't really care. You can go away.
1: <laughs> um, but, but but I agree with you because if I could have been able to take my dogs to work with me, uh, I actually would have – then I'd have no reason to rush off as uh, soon as the clock ticked over, you know, home time. You might take them to the toilet. Yeah. And then just keep keep working. Yeah. The thing, and I can see why um, people with children would would not do the same if they could um, bring their. Oh, I think that every sure. I think
0: every big company, maybe not the small companies because you can't currently afford it, but every big company would Woolworths, Coles, uh, BP, Shell, you name them, um, naming and shaming you all. Um, they need a daycare center.
1: Well, this is where one of the topics, and we'll probably have to do this one on another show. The concept of universal basic income. It starts giving people back the opportunity to start reclaiming a lot of the things that have been negotiated away because of the amount of hours that they're working and all the commitments that they have. I find that one a really
0: tough and tricky subject to talk about from the point of view as we in Australia – and look, maybe we don't have universal income completely. We don't. don't.
1: But we have Centrelink. But see, that's the problem. See, Centrelink and those structures – don't uh, don't help people to rise out of poverty.
0: As someone who has been on Centrelink and knows lots of people on Centrelink, there is not. This, the whole. Okay, this is going to upset some of our listeners, and I'm sorry if you get upset by it and you're one of these people. But if you collect a doll check, because that's what it is, or a welfare check, and you don't want to work, and that is your choice, and you don't want to work, I'm sorry, my taxes
1: should not be paying for you. But this is where the universal pay is a different concept. So where so- social security is a safety net to stop people from descending into homelessness, essentially. Mm. But actually, it, it's there isn't enough of it that helps people lift out of poverty. So rather than being a safety net, it's actually a ceiling on which people find very difficult to rise above. And you, and you see that in long-term unemployment, people who have just become disengaged because the majority of their time is spent just trying to survive know, trying to figure out how to yes. make that income...
0: I agree. I do agree on that. But there's also those people that uh, come from poorer economic housing. They've seen their mum and dad not have to work and get a paycheck and 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 they go, oh, I just want to be like my parents. I, they got a cushy life and they drink, they smoke and, and they do drugs or whatever. Not all of them do drugs and not all of them smoke and not all, all of them drink. I will acknowledge that. And, so, and But the thing is there's a cycle that you get born into and it's some people find it very hard to break that cycle and it doesn't matter how good you were at school it doesn't matter how good you were a- as a kid it's, it's like getting that first job is sometimes really really difficult um, one because some people have mental health issues two some people have disabilities that's the NDIS was a huge step in the right direction here in Australia still a lot of work to do I think um, as someone who is disabled, getting me a job, no, it didn't, did not help. From the point of view, as what kept happening was a a job would hire me, they would keep me on for their minimum term, which was about three to six months. So, so they would get the ten thousand dollars. Mm. They'll get the ten thousand dollars and then go bye bye next.
1: But see, there was a number of assumptions in that statement that aren't true. Unfortunately, the one that if you have a full time job, that then that provides you with a strong sense of self, a strong sense of identity and a strong sense of you know, integrity. Whereas the, the research that has been done on a universal basic income. So first of all, let's talk about the level of a universal basic income. It, it would be in Australia um, dollars, about $1,200 a month. So kind of like JobKeeper. Exactly. So what it does is it actually allows people to then be able to start addressing some of the issues that they might have. You know, whereas Centrelink isn't enough to pay for you if you wanted to go and do a TAFE course or if you wanted to do any of that. The assumption yeah. is is that the result of doing a course at TAFE or university will lead to a better job, which will lead to higher income, which then means that you'll earn the taxable uh, – that or be able to pay the tax yeah. to pay it back. Sometimes that doesn't happen, but that doesn't happen because what happens is is that the level of support that you get means that you are always having to have uh, limited in your choices. So it it is it is not a freedom of of poverty, but it is is a trap of of uh, working through scarcity. Yeah. You know, having to maybe live with people you not really want to, but you, your options are limited because you have no control. And we see that in people who are in domestic abuse situations, or yep. um, so. From that, so what what we have seen in the studies that have been done and the trials of universal basic incomes that have been done around the world, we've seen very few people who've just used that money and blown it on booze and cigarettes yeah. and other drugs. In fact, less than 1% of the people who were receiving a, a, a UBI, a universal basic income, left work. And those who did, left to look after children yeah. uh, or to attend school. So they had a different plan. We, we've also seen that people who receive a universal basic income, they are able to then take more of a risk, start their own businesses and stuff, because they know the very basics of rent, food, that sort of stuff is covered. Whereas a a social security check comes with stipulations. There's the work for the dole, there's the um, attendance, there's the job activity reports. So whilst I'm not saying that people who receive uh, social security should be free to do whatever they want... I, I do feel that there is a certain accountability. But that's not what a UBI is. UBI is not social security. In fact, a UBI is meant to actually get rid of all of those sorts of um, social security programs.
0: And, and look, I'm not saying that it's a bad idea. I think it's if, if we could have a – even if even if it wasn't UBI and it was just – we just lifted the Centrelink, the Dole rate for new start. I think they call it – they've changed the name now – if we could lift that up to the $1,200 that it has been over um, the JobKeeper, JobSeeker uh, term, we've already seen people get more engaged with work because they've been able to just afford a a suit or they've been able to have the luxury items that maybe they weren't able
1: to do before. And not only that, but they were able to be more mobile. So some people were able to actually get their cars fixed or they were able to travel further on public transport. It allowed them to do, like you said, Buy a proper suit, you know. Buy two if you need it. Uh, and some people were actually able to do things that they've just been putting off and struggling through, like, you know, some basic dental work, yep. all those sorts of things. So w- what we saw was that people who received that higher income through JobSeeker and JobKeeper, they that money actually went back into the economy. Yeah. And, and so what we, we are seeing is, is that for every dollar spent on a UBI – Returns to the economy about a dollar twenty one. 21.
0: The interesting thing, though, that I find really astonishing, um, and it's both. Well, yes, I understand that that labor is trying to say keep the uh, one thousand two hundred as the new Centrelink um, new start price uh, or, or money payment uh, that you receive. Um, it does seem like the government, in at the end of the day, doesn't really want to do that because they think that it's going to have a negative impact. However, and I know you might not be able to comment on this one because of your job, but it does seem like the government does like giving themselves a paycheck every pay rise, every six months to a year, or whatever the pay rise is. I understand that it's independently audited, it's independently done, but we're paying up, and I'm not saying that he's not well, I'm not saying he doesn't deserve it, but the Prime Minister of Australia gets over half a million dollars a year to run this country. That's, I'm sorry, there's people out there that would run this country for $40,000, $100,000. Like, there are, and I understand why he gets it, because of the type of job he is,
1: but I just think that that money could be better spent. That's my personal opinion. Um, I, and I, I won't comment on that, but what I will comment on is, is that what I find interesting is that the supporters of a UBI are generally the right wing <laughs> and um, uh, the more conservative parties. Because they, uh, not particularly here in Australia, but certainly uh, in America, twice the Republican Party, which is their conservative party, has voted for a UBI, and the only reason why it didn't pass Congress was because the they couldn't agree with the Democrats on the right amount to pay people. So it's going to be a tough one. Well, well, it is because you know you can either pay people a UBI. Which allows them to be to live above the poverty line, or you can get um, a, another model which says, well, if you paid people enough to live a modest middle income wage, then you know the benefits are even greater. Yeah, um,
0: so, so my my opinion here in Australia, if we were going to do to a UBI model, is if that's a UBI model, just in case it might cut out, um, is I would think what a I used to get paid. Per uh, fortnight, one thousand and one thousand two hundred and forty-five dollars. Um, when I was working An eight-hour shift, five days a week, mm-hmm. getting paid roughly twenty-one dollars an hour. Um, I think one thousand one hundred to one thousand two hundred is a pretty good wage for, for if you're not in a job, like I, I agree. Like, like it. It puts you in the
1: most probably in the middle income. Yeah, so we're, we're talking about 1200 a month, 18000 a year that everyone gets. And all of a sudden what we, we're we seeing and why the UBI, the models and the trials that have been conducted around the world show that the return on investment is greater at $1.21 per dollar spent is, is that you start eliminating a lot of things. So you don't need a link anymore. Essentially, that that whole structure is no disappears. longer required. Similarly, we see. Um, and then you can't invest. control how people spend the money. No, but that's the whole point of it, you, and you and you don't. It's it's there's not a condition on that on what that money is spent. But most people, and we have seen that, and as I um, was saying before, mm. most people actually pump that money directly back into the economy because it does go into their uh, living expenses, or they use it to to fund a day off a week. So. They might cut back a, a day of, and and actually, that's probably what I would use it for. I would I would work four days rather than five, and use that additional money to supplement that that loss of income.
0: I, I guess the the only concern I would have from it is who pays for all this? Like the taxes have to come from somewhere to cover this bill. And well, I take it we take a lot of money in from taxes and all that kind of stuff. And I'm sure business tax will go up. And the the, the <laughs> And yes, this is a controversial again. The rich people don't get taxed enough. Um, that's my personal opinion as well. And if you just look at the... Look, I, I saw a Greens member. I can't remember which one it was. So I'll try to find it and put it on, on DR1 United's uh, Facebook page. But he got a bunch of rice and said, this is how much tax a middle-income person takes or get, pays uh, out of their wage. This is how much a billionaire pays. This is how much Gina Reinhardt pays... And it was a speck, like one little grain out of all of her thing, where a middle income, it was basically about 45% of their wage, roughly. I don't know exactly the figure. But the rich people aren't, well, I don't want to say they're not paying their tax, because I'm sure they are paying the tax, but maybe put their tax rate up. we well, uh, controversial.
1: And, and, and that's um, even Warren Buffett, who is one of the richest men in the world, was shocked to discover that his secretary paid more tax Personal income tax than he did you know and and that and and whilst we're not saying let's tax the no, we're super, not saying tax super the super wealthy rich. To, into poverty what happens is is first of all of all the trials that have been conducted and there have been many and actually some going back into the 1970s there's a Canadian study that was done that now I can't remember the province off the top of my head where they showed that because you start taking money pressures off people so then you've got households that don't have that constant pressure and stress of meeting bills. So and and on top of that, not only do they not have that pressure, but they actually then have the option to start investing in that family unit mm. by time. You know, so there was a reduction in domestic violence, which we know, especially here in Australia, is a huge problem. It is a huge, um, huge, huge, huge problem. So you know, you then start. Yeah, you, you you then start saving money on all the mental health costs that uh, is being spent. Then things like courts, police services, who don't have to keep going out to all these places over and over and over again. Yeah. So so there are savings to be made in in most sectors, uh, even emergency room admissions had were reduced. So and and also Australia already has a very large welfare okay. bill, so that would be. Whilst that would increase, you would see savings come from other sectors, but it would also need a restructure of our taxing of uh, some of the largest companies and some of the more profitable businesses because, as we were talking about before with the rise of automation uh, automation, uh, and AI, companies are being more profitable with less workers, and so therefore it will eventually start – Impacting on our ability to consume because that's what our capitalist and, and, and society and is that, built on. That is the the bigger question, concern,
0: problem that we, we are going to have. And Australia is already trying to bring bills in to say you can only do 15% automation or however many percentage. The fact of the matter is, no amount of. If a company was just going to say, poor me, poor me, poor me, I can't afford this because realistically it's safer to do it this way because of. If I Let's say a mine For example I'm just going to Sorry mining companies But a mine That gets drilled We've seen mines Collapse in the past mm. now, I'm not saying That they do now But they have And it's a high risk industry And we've seen people Get seriously hurt And killed uh, In mines And if uh, Let's say uh, Mine ABC has decided like Oh let's just make An AI mine No people need it Maybe if you control People at, at the head office That's it well, I'm sorry, I, I personally, as a, as a human who wants to make sure that people are okay, if it's a dangerous job, replace it with AI. Well,
1: and, and that's where we're... Tax them higher. Yeah, and so so when we forecast into the future and we see that people are going to be either have reduced hours or no hours at all through traditional working... Then it is going to impact on that consumerism model, which is why there is there's actually an equal equal sides of politics who want to, to look at either a, a UBI or a similar model in which people can still pump money back into the economy through the consumer process, and and so that's why a UBI is now starting to get more and more attention, and I think that we do need to start looking at that, and we do need to start thinking about. How are we going to make sure that people can afford to live, have a comfortable lifestyle, and we can still innovate, companies can still invest in their products and processes and uh, and all that sort of stuff?
0: Well, <laughs> we have gone over time. This over was meant time. to be a five-minute segment, and it's yeah. turned into a 24-minute segment. Yeah. Um, but that's okay. We don't mind going over time. We will be uh, – what we'll, we'll, we'll do is we'll uh, chuckle another song, and then when we come back, we'll wrap it up. So uh, stick around stay tuned. You're listening to – uh, Soundbites on DRN1 United.
1: DRN1 United, Perth dedicated LGBTIQA plus station.
0: Welcome back to Soundbites. You're listening to DRN1 United. And we're just going uh, to tell you what's on next week. Apparently, uh It's you know, Christmas. It's Christmas. It's
1: coming up to Christmas. so You know
0: something? I have not put a Christmas tree in this office and I'm not going to. I've got three Christmas trees up at home. Do you know? Uh, okay. This year has been a crazy one. That's and sure. and we just, well, I should say I, just don't feel like celebrating Christmas. I just, I want to skip this year. I really just want it. You just want it to end. I want it to end. I want 2021 to come here. And, and you've told me in the break that the COVID virus is got a vaccine that's been uh, light well, by...
1: There have been a couple of vaccines that have been the approved. The Moderna but, one. But the... One that has been approved by the UK uh, is the first Western uh, developed. Is that the Moderna one? Uh, That's the... Because the US wants the Moderna one to go through. uh, Well, the US have have a couple, but um, they've got the Pfizer one and then they've got the Moderna one. But the Pfizer one, I'm a bit annoyed. The US is sort of claiming victory over that. But actually, that was a German developed vaccine, which the US tested, uh, Pfizer tested it. German?
0: Um, no, Germany's not ringing Russia, so I can't say thank you, Putin.
1: Well, no, well, Russia had their Sputnik. Sputnik. Um, yeah, they they've called it Sputnik Five, I think. Oh, Sputnik vaccine. Five. I like vaccine. that one. Yeah, oh. but they didn't follow the final protocols required to approve a vaccine. Doesn't matter. As long as I turn
0: into a Russian uh, accent, I'm all good with that.
1: You never know what
0: will happen exactly, if you
1: take that vaccine.
0: That's the thing. Vaccines are very okay, a hot topic, and maybe we'll talk about this we'll another have night. To talk about
1: this another but time. But, time. but time. the vaccines, because I don't think they've been tested enough. As much as no, they the, have, though. Uh, that's the thing, though. This is where a lot of people are a bit mistaken of the of the vaccines that have gone through the Western programs, anyway. And I don't want to sound Western centric, but I'll have to. Those ones actually have gone through all the rigorous testings that all vaccines are required to go through. It's just that we have done it at a much faster pace, plus a lot of them are based on newer technologies which we haven't applied to older vaccines because we already have successful candidates for older. My my concern about the vaccines is we've heard...
0: Moderna and other companies uh, stopped their, their their trials because of a illness or something, and they've been very cagey about it. And There's
1: nothing cagey about it. It's all available and it's all peer-reviewed. You're, you're, you're falling into the conspiracy theorist. Maybe
0: I am. Maybe and, we'll and have to go over why it. the reason those
1: trials were stopped is not because things went wrong, Is because that, that, that there were a couple of people who in different trials, not in the same ones, who developed an illness and they had to check that that illness was not a response to the to the uh, vaccine candidate. So, and, and that is the proper way of assessing a vaccine. The problem is the media doesn't report the full truth. They only
0: report what no, no, is media- highlighted, which yeah. is vaccine stopped because of this. And,
1: and that's why you're and where, where where you should go and get your information, information from right? <laughs> is is not mainstream media and certainly not from facebook uh, uh, yeah or you know some angry group That's, of people who hate everything that could possibly even remotely look like science so you can actually type in google scholar you can have a look at the results and you can have a look at the peer reviews you trust google i trust google scholar because google scholar is a search engine solely for research papers that are peer-reviewed and published in journal articles. So this isn't stuff that you would get in your mainstream... Media or mainstream Google. Yeah, or your your, your um, corner shop stand magazine rack. Mm. This, this is stuff that actually appears in the univer- university... Oh, sorry, in journal articles that are purchased by universities, by researchers, by um, scientists. I, d- I just... Maybe... Uh, the thing is... I look at things and I go,
0: well, hang on, no other virus has been developed as quickly as this. Uh, maybe Ebola, but that was but, that was pretty fast. If you think about that, there was a doctor that was a US doctor that got Ebola, they flew in straight to the US and then they gave him uh, trial drugs, basically. Yeah. Um, drugs that
1: could have killed him. But, but the thing with Ebola is that it didn't have the spread that COVID did, mm. uh, COVID-19. And so... And again, a lot of the vaccines that have been developed have been developed under the newer technologies that we have now. You know, it was in very early days. It was in March when we had completely sequenced the DNA structure of COVID nineteen. So, you know, and and you, you you basically had a global response to this. And coronaviruses aren't that in in the grand scheme of things aren't that complicated. We've we've known about coronaviruses. We've had them. For, we've for, had for, them for for. for, 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 for well, Far back as we can identify viruses. Well, isn't the flu kind of like a COVID? Well, it, well, it, it it is basically a, a similar structure. It is a, a virus that injects a DNA into your cells, which you use you, which hijacks your cell mechanisms to replicate and create more versions of itself. Yeah. And uh, what we've done is we've looked at the 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 protein structure on the lipid of the actual virus, and that protein structure is what pierces the cell membrane, which then injects it. So we've, we've been able to take that shape, if you like, that pointed shape, and we've been able to replicate it without the mechanism of mm. injecting a DNA into the cell. So when our white blood cells see it. see it, they can then create the proper key, if you like, or shape that can engulf that. I mean, that's why we get a good response.
0: Well, it's going to be interesting to see what people do because... There was a call that, and I think this was silly on the Australian government's part, or, or any government that said this, they were going to mandate the vaccine um, and basically make people forcefully take it. I don't think that's a smart idea. If you want people to to trust this, they need to be able to trust it on their choice. Okay, maybe you might say, well, your kid can't go to daycare if they don't get vaccinated. That might be a safe precaution. But as we know that this virus does mainly go for the older generation... Um,
1: it, it has started to not really matter of the yeah, age we, we what we're seeing is, is that whilst the older generation is more Skeptical. susceptible, yeah. we are actually seeing, see a lot of people are just looking at the death rate and assuming that everyone who hasn't died have made a full recovery, but in fact 20% of all people who have been infected have had ongoing health issues um, oh, from yeah. the infection. It, it can ruin your body. Yeah, and we are actually seeing children now who are getting um, swollen joints and inflammation, very wow. similar to Kawasaki disease. So, Who knew the motorcycle brand had, a, had the disease yeah, after well, you, you, look, I tell you when you're... When, you when
0: you're reading your Google scholars. Yeah,
1: if, if you don't just read angry um, posts from... You <laughs> know, Facebook. Yeah, you actually <laughs> Sorry, find Facebook. out lots and lots of uh, stuff. Now, and, and look, and I'm not professing to be an immunologist at all. And no. I'm not a doctor, I'm not a medical doctor, I'm not giving anybody medical advice. He just likes to rate and trust me. I either. do love to uh, rate. I've, I've been
0: to his house and he does like to rate. He, he's, he's, a, he's a bit of a nerd when it comes to rating. Oh, I'm a
1: huge nerd. I'm very happy to wear that. That, that, label? Uh, that label? That label? Yeah. Yeah, let's, let's put another oh, label ge- on you. A geek. I don't know what the difference is. A geek is an IT nerd. Oh, i not. Well, I don't mind my IT, but I don't know enough about it too. I'm a geek. I'm a, no. You're a geek. Yeah, I'm yeah, a geek. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Um, but we are. <laughs> I said this before. We're way over time now. Um, t- next week we're going to talk about Christmas. We're mostly talk about COVID nineteen and 2021 and, and 2021. So catch us on next week, next Friday. We will be live. Maybe I don't know yet. <laughs> um, it all depends on some things that are happening on Friday, which. By the time you listen to this, it is Friday. So the things that happened today, which uh, you we'll won't know, know about more about, we'll know about you know about next week. Anyway, don't forget to subscribe to the podcast on your iTunes, Google podcasts or Spotify um, and like our Facebook page, dr one United. Um, I think I set up a Facebook page. I'm not quite sure, but if I haven't, I will set one up uh, for sound bites. Um, but uh, until next time, thanks, Peter. Take care. take care. Bye. Bye.